as we continue through our study of Psalm 119. Uh, thank you for signing up for those that have been able to for the projects this month. Uh, right now, everything that we had pre-filled is, is claimed, uh, so you can look at it and see if someone needs help with something they've signed up for or uh, try to think of some other ways. Um, we've been pounding our heads against the wall trying to figure out what else needs to be done. Um, we need someone to get a toothbrush and scrub the steeple. No, um, uh, no I would like it to be productive things. Who's got that? Acacia's job. Okay, there you go. Done. Uh, next. Uh, so, nonetheless, uh, we, we could use uh, help in March once the weather kind of warms up on the, the flower beds and stuff like that as well. Um, but uh, if you want to look at the list and say, and talk to whoever signed up for something, say, hey, do you need help? When do you want to do it? Those kinds of things. Uh, feel free to do that. Or if you come up with something else, of course, we've got cleaning day uh, later this month. Um, and I'm sure we can we can figure something else again once the weather clears up and we need to uh, get some stuff taken care of with the flower beds out front. We've got someone signed up to do it, but um, can always use some help there as well. Uh, let's see here. All right, Psalm 119. We're looking at verses 17 through 24 today. 17 through 24. The Bible says, Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. I am a stranger in the earth, hide not thy commandments from me. My soul breaketh for the longing uh, that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, and which do err from thy commandments. Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. Princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Thy testimonies are also my delight and my counselor. We see these verses kind of split in half. We're going to look at the opportunities in the Bible, and then we're going to look at the opposition to the Bible, and then we'll be done this afternoon. Lord, I pray for your help this, this afternoon as we look into your word and continue to study through this psalm. And Lord, I pray that, again, you would bring something fresh to us today, that we would learn from it, grow closer to you because of it. Uh, help us to be encouraged by your word as well, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We see in this section, the first part here is the opportunities in the Bible. And we see in the first verse, verse 17, it says, Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. It's kind of a New Testament thought uh, in the middle of the Old Testament. Uh, the Old Testament, there was a lot of actions, uh, the sacrifices and the going to the feasts and the different things like that, a lot of action uh, that went into the following God, serving God, living for God, all those kinds of things. And here he says, that I may live and keep thy word. It is the idea of the New Testament that we get of salvation followed by the action. Because I'm saved, I'm obedient. And, uh, and, and so we see it here in this verse, the way that it's word, the way that it's placed, is built deal bountifully uh, in blessings and provision and help with thy servant, that I may live and keep thy word. Uh, the, the, again, the result of, of the living is keeping God's word. And a lot of times as Christians, we, we kind of forget that that's how it's supposed to work. The reason why I do good is because I live through Christ. Because of my salvation, that should motivate me to be obedient. 
because of my salvation, I have no reason to not be obedient. Uh, everything I do now, I do because I live in Christ. And then we see in verse number 18, an understanding. He says, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Uh, again, when you're reading Scripture regularly, you're going to come across verses where you're going to say, God, open my eyes. I don't get it. Um, <clears throat> help me to see. You remember in the Old Testament, and I always get it mixed up. I don't remember if it was Elijah or Elisha. Um, maybe, no, it wasn't even either one of those guys. The, the, uh, who was the guy that had, was it Elisha? That had all the army around the city and they couldn't see it. Elisha? Okay, I thought so. I was right. Um, <laughs> I was right. You were wrong. Okay. Um, uh, he's there, and there's this, this um, army of angels around, and nobody else could see it. And so eventually it was the prayer of open his eyes so that they can see, and all of a sudden, boom, they could see this, this army of angels and uh, understood, uh, I think I know who's going to win this. And in Scripture, it's the same is true where we are reading, and sometimes we read through a passage and we go, boy, I just don't get it. I don't see what this is saying. I don't understand what it means. I don't see how this applies to me. All those kinds of things. And it's a prayer. And the psalmist here understands the, the prayer of, Lord, open my eyes so that I can understand, so that I can comprehend, so that I can uh, know. And this prayer and this sought-out searching for understanding, when we look at the Bible, the whole, all Psalm 119 is about Scripture. We see this importance of understanding, and he says that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. The understanding that comes with this prayer is what God has for me is amazing. What is in this, again, I'll use the word book, that is for me, that I can use in my life, that I can apply in my life, it's wondrous, it's wonderful, it's awe-inspiring, it's motivational, it's life-changing for the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing through and the dividing asunder. Oh, this, uh, now I'm going nah, to mess it up. There's morrow in there, there's spirit in there. It, it, it dives in, it splits, it, it divides, it, it opens, it is alive and it's active and it's working. But I need to understand that God opened mine eyes that I may behold the wondrous things out of thy law. A lot of times people look at the scriptures and they look at a to-do list or a to-don't list. Do this, don't do this. Thou shalt not, thou shalt. Um, those kinds of things. And they look at it and it's a very negative light. Uh, young people, I, I, I fear that sometimes we give them this mindset of rules. We need rules, guidelines, especially young people. Needs rules and guidelines. But sometimes I fear that maybe we, 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 we make it too dark. Because the, the Bible is light. And sometimes we get to this mindset that builds in us, especially if we grow up in church, and we get in this mindset of, well, if I read the Bible, all I'm going to hear about is all my sin, uh, all the things I can't do, all these kinds of things. And, and, and yes, it's in the Bible, Yes, it convicts us of our sins. Yes, it, it, it tells us the things that we need to stay away from. But there's so much more to it. There's so much wonderfulness in Scripture. As a matter of fact, even the don't do these things is wonderful. Because the Bible says if you don't do these things, you won't have to go through this punishment. 
And if you do these things, you're going to have joy and satisfaction and happiness. Hey, that sounds pretty light. <laughs> we got to be careful of how we even view Scripture. And the psalmist here understands there are wondrous things in thy law. I want to see them. Lord, open my eyes. Then in verse 19, we see that the opportunities in the Bible it also removes loneliness. Verse 19 says, I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. Sometimes being a Christian can be lonely in society. Um, sometimes, you know, there, you just you have to cut out people in your life. You have to, uh, you know, when you're walking the straight and narrow, so to say, when you're following the Bible, sometimes in society it becomes lonely. We read a quote from Helen Keller this morning in Sunday school for the teenagers, and I don't remember exactly what the quote was, but in the quote she mentions, she's talking about Scripture and talking about it removing depression. And you think about Helen Keller, deaf, blind, um, you know, a long time ago, not as much technology and help and all that kind of stuff. Can you imagine how lonely Helen Keller was at times? I don't know about you, all I can think about right now is some jokes about Helen Keller. It's not, that's not good. It's not nice. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but honestly, wouldn't it be a lonely life if you were deaf and blind, even now? Think about back then, how many people knew sign language? How many people knew how to communicate with Helen Keller? Not too many, probably. Yet she credits Scripture with keeping her out of the dark depression. It can do the same for me. It can do the same for you. The, to be able to remove the loneliness. Well, I look in society and say, well, all my friends, they're going to go drink and they're going to go party. You know, next week's the Super Bowl. Some of you care, some of you don't. But some of your friends, you say, well, I can't go do what they're doing because what they're doing is bad. Some of your friends are going to skip church next week for the Super Bowl. You don't have to because we're done in time. But... Uh, so, so, See, we're just helping people. Um, but when doing right, sometimes it means loneliness in this world, lack of people around you. That's why church is so important, by the way, as well. So that you have like-minded people there to support you and help you be friends with. But the Scriptures can remove loneliness. And then in verse number 20, he says, My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. The, the opportunity in the Bible is a deep desire for God. My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgment at all times. Just longing for God, for His wisdom, for His guidance, for His uh, following Him, for Him to... And, and again, we use the word judgments, and sometimes we think of that as a negative sense, but judging rightfully also, rewarding. That's part of judgment, passing judgment. Rewarding those who did right. And so that longing for those things. Then we see in the last four verses the opposition to the Bible. Pride, the ultimate opposition. Verse 21, Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. Pride, and, and, and I don't know that this verse is talking about Christians, but pride is, I think, the, the biggest thing that takes Christians and pulls them away from God. It's a, it's a lifting up of myself. And again, I go back to John. Uh, he must increase, but I must decrease. It's less of me. It's emptying me of me and filling me of God. 
And the pride just, it just, it fills us up. It leaves no room for God, no room for the Holy Spirit, no room to do the things that God wants us to do. It's all about me. How can I get more? How can I be recognized? How can I feel better? All these kinds of things. And the pride, it just pulls us away from God. And it's, it's opposite of the Bible and it's opposition to the Bible. God rebuked the proud, he says here in verse 21. Now that error from thy commandments. Verse 22, remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. He's saying, I've done right, yet there are those that are against me. Untrue accusations, people that are bitter or hateful towards him. And he's asking God to take these things away. And the reality is there are things that the people, uh, policies, like we talked about this morning, that are a reproach and a contempt to God's Word. They're opposite of God's Word. They're in opposition to God's Word. And again, they twist Scripture and they, um, they throw out things that they've just heard as opposed to studied. And there's a lack of understanding. There's an ignorance there. Sometimes a willfully ignorant. Sometimes just ignorant. And yet here we see the request. The things that are opposite of right the things that are against me because I do right, Lord, remove them from me. He's confident in verse 22, not prideful, confident that I have kept thy testimonies. I'm doing right. There is nothing wrong, and listen, God knows it, that you're doing right, but there's nothing wrong with saying, God, you said you're going to provide, you say you're going to protect, you say you're going to deliver, and I'm going through it right now, and I'm doing my very best. I'm depending on you, I'm faithful to you, I'm serving you. God, I need your help. Because you are righteous, and because you are righteous, when I do right, you say you will reward, you will help. So God, I need your help. And that's the look here. Verse 23 says, powerful people uh, are, are in opposition. Princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy serv servant did meditate in thy statues. It's interesting here, it's a good reminder for us. Where was his mind? The, 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 the powerful people were against him. But he kept his mind. He meditated on God's statutes, on God's Word. He didn't, he didn't take the time uh, to, to, to think about everybody that was against him. Yes, he knew about it, hence the prayer. But it wasn't, his, his mind was not focused on all that were against him. His mind was focused on God's statutes. And I'm telling you, in God's Word, if we can keep our mind there, Psalm 1 tells us to, but if we can keep our mind on God's Word as opposed to everything else, it changes the way we think, it changes the way we live, changes our, our mindset, our mood. It, 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 it again brings light, joy, satisfaction, fulfillment, even when everything else is against us. And then in verse 24, he closes out this section with, Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. So he says, I've meditated on thy statutes and thy testimonies, thy word, the things that you've given me are also are my delight and my counselors. That's where I'm getting my advice from. That's where I'm getting my wisdom from. Again, there are books that you can read that will give you advice. There are people upon people upon people who are willing to give you their advice. There are blogs. There are videos. There are uh, um, organizations, all these things, they'll say, here's what you need to do. 
the psalmist understood, and it's given to us by inspiration of God, that God's testimonies, God's statutes, God's law, God's word should be our counselor. It's not wrong to ask for help. It's not wrong to ask for advice. It's not wrong to ask for counsel, depending on who you're asking. But ultimately, we should be seeking God's word and God himself for the counsel that we're going to receive. God, what do you want me to do? God, what should I do? God, where should I go? God, who should I be friends with? God, uh, where should I go to church? God, uh, all these things. Ultimately, the best counsel we can ever get is from God's Word and God Himself. Well, how do we do it? The simple things. We read God's Word, study God's Word, we pray. Allow God to give us the things that we're asking for. There's so much in the Bible that we can gain from you're not to get it if you're not reading it. There's so much that God wants to teach you and tell you, but you're not going to get it unless you're talking to Him. It has to start there, the simple things. And so much of what God desires for us to do starts with God's Word and just reading it and knowing it. Um, and it's a decision that you have to make that you're going to do. You have to make the time for it. You have to make the decision, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to prove God true. God says He loves me. God says He cares about me. God says He'll, he'll give me wisdom. God says He'll provide for me. I'm going to prove that to be true. Here I go. Reading Scripture. Praying to God. Those kinds of things uh, are things that, again, you can hear someone tell you until they're blue in the face that it works, but you're not going to know it until you try it. Um, and you've got you've to you've uh, claim it for yourself and let God work in your life. Uh, you'll be pleasantly surprised if you don't believe it, uh, uh, but you'll be pleasantly satisfied uh, with it as well. Lord, I pray for your help. I pray that you'd help us to be faithful in the simple things. I pray that we would follow you, trust you. Um, when those oppose us and your word, Lord, may we keep our minds focused on you and not the outside influences. God, help us to seek the right counsel um, and help us just to trust you, to have faith that what you say is true. And Lord, may we, may we apply it to our lives and prove it to be true. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.